Southern California, yeah. Born and raised our DNA, laughing, cried at what we say. We hit you with that wordplay. Four zero five three. What episode are we on? D, they feeling like they be zombies, all dressed in Abercrombie. SoCal DNA coming in live. Eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. COVID got you sitting inside. Why not sip one and free your mind? Cheap thrills, popping pills, stat cash, spending fast. Listen to all of those lies as Arjun act like he's surprised. surprised. You know what, man? I just realized this is gonna be the first time people hear that on a, you know? You're right, and, and you know, without further ado, I think it is time to reward our listeners with some very, very interesting information. Um, so as you guys know, and, and this is really going out to all of our day ones out there, all of our longtime subscribers and, and new subscribers. That's Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no well you know it's such a good song it might as well replay but um you know for for a while now we've been doing this podcast uh you know as the theme song goes eight o'clock on a wednesday night and uh you know it's been a lot of fun uh we we enjoy doing it for you guys for our own entertainment listening back to it it's always a blast and our our main platform for sharing this with the world has been youtube so far but in the back of my mind and in the back of Don's mind, we always wanted to strive for something greater. Strive for platforms that are more geared toward the podcast experience. And, you know, both of us, we listen to different podcasts on Spotify, Google Music, Apple. Um, you know, we listen to music on those platforms as well. Me, primarily Spotify. Hmm. And so we started looking into this. We started looking into how easy would it be to distribute on all these platforms and you know the first step for us was creating the logo and as you guys know for a few episodes now we're rocking the new socal dna logo uh you know don has uh contributed his own handwriting his own penmanship to be our official font you won't find this font anywhere on the internet hell yeah you know don of course he's inspired by the street graffiti of downtown la oh yeah some of my work is up there too there you go. Probably over the 405, the 110, 105, maybe even down south over here on the 55 and 133. You never know. You never know. It's too nice. It's um, too nice down here, man. It's too, it's nice. too nice. That's right. They clean it up. See, Don, Don paints one day, and the next day they clean it up. So Don just stopped I'm coming low, back. I'm man. My paint fund is exhausted. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, man. I know. I know. But, you know, so uh, after we got the logo down, we thought, you know what? We, don't, we have no other excuses. Let's go ahead and, and get this done by pretty much end of September. I think that was our internal goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we looked into it. We found Anchor to be the main host and distributor, which is completely free. So shout out to Anchor. Shout um, out. You know, thanks to them, we're able to uh, do something very special, which is finally share this podcast, share the SoCal DNA with Spotify listeners, Google Music, Worldwide. Uh, Apple, you know, we're on a bunch of other ones that I, I don't even know, I don't even use. Yeah, but we're, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, on, we're on multiple multiple platforms, but primarily we're very proud of being on Spotify. And so, Don, I don't know if you're if you're streaming, if you're sharing the uh, the Spotify page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right you, up in center. There you go. Or so, top left-ish. There you go. Um, you know, as you can see, we got our logo up there. So Beautiful people. DNA beautiful people right there and more beautiful because we're cartoonified right we're like cartooned and you know animated out but 
I think uh, I think it works. You know, for the people that haven't really delved into the logo, we can just give you a brief idea. Obviously, it starts with the yin and the yang, right? So we got the D, we got the A, both sides of the yin and the yang living in this <laughs> harmony. <laughs> it's yeah. great because the darker one between us is on the white side. Yeah. <laughs> it's contrast, contrast. It's all about contrast, Don. Oh, you know, I, 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 learned, I, I learned that in elementary school. Always have the darker people in the white background so, so you can see them clearly. Otherwise, I might just blend into the black. You never know. But my, my skin isn't as light as it used to be when I was born. Oh, um, shit. So, so uh, you know, yin and the yang is the, is the frame of it. But then we thought, you know, instead of just the usual divider, let's make it something special. Let's make it something unique. And yeah. what's more unique than a strand, the double helix of DNA? Yeah. Um, and if you guys notice, the beady-eyed observers of our podcast yeah. um, will notice that the colors are very unique as well. The, we have the beady eyes? Beady eyes. Beady eyes. The very meticulous uh, watchers and listeners. Oh, the ones see, that always, pick up. I always thought yeah. beady-eyed meant like weird-eyed. Like, you know, you got like those... Those bug eyes, those round black, like full iris coverage eyes. I, I actually thought it was the opposite. Like beady meant that you're really like focused in, like narrowed in on something. Whereas bug eyes is like you just like ah, a deer in the headlights. Ah, maybe, maybe everything's coming into you. But in any case, I could be wrong about that phrase. Don might be right, but we're gonna say I'm right for the. I'm more podcast. right. I'm more right. I'm more right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that refers to. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the colors, obviously, we, we bleed purple and gold all day, every day. So we got to rep the Lakers. We got to rep uh, you know, Kobe Bryant a little bit. So we chose purple and gold for that strand, as well as the ring of the yin and the yang. Um, and, and as we said before, that is Don's handwriting, the genuine bona fide signature. Uh, not really signature, but just penmanship, SoCal DNA, the D and the A. And there you have it. You know, we took a lot of uh, pride and and of course, it wouldn't be a proper podcast without the Don belting one you know, from the bellows you know, in the stomach. You just gotta let it out, you know. No holds bars. That's what you're gonna get on this podcast. Just unfiltered, pretty much unadulterated material. That so. is true. And you know, I, I I feel like there's no better way than to start off this podcast than uh, talk about what you're sipping on today. Ooh. So Don, what is the spotlight sip? Of the week. All right, so this is gonna surprise you, man. It's gonna surprise okay. you. Okay. But I am actually drinking some whiskey. I'm sipping oh on my a goodness. whiskey with oh a little bit of mint and a little bit of simple syrup. And you know what they call it? They call. Uh, it I have no idea. What do they call it? A mint julep. I dude, I was gonna guess that. I could have guessed that. I was like, nah, it can't be See, right. Like, hey, you've, been, you've been getting all your bets wrong. See, that's why I'm like, you're questioning yourself now, like subconsciously. I am. Like, no, I, I am. Oh. I am. I, 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 I'm definitely afraid of just embarrassing myself on the podcast yeah. by being wrong repeatedly. Although I am, you know, the sharp-eyed viewers will know I'm wrong half the time, but I cover it up. I cover it up with some confidence. That's all it is. Um, so, so the whiskey in particular, Don. Uh, which brand of whiskey are you? Uh, enjoying tonight oh so right now i'm rocking some four roses four roses well i've never heard of that brand of whiskey before tell us more about this four roses what do you like about it oh i mean i'm trying things out a little bit different i always liked mint juleps um it was something that you know i made for my wife and her buddy when they were over here um over the weekend uh just you know hanging out while i was doing all the hard labor outside (laughs) <laughs> um, decided to get them something because you know I, I felt like drinking something hard that night after uh, a long day of toiling away in the soil. Oh uh, sure, my yard. 
That's fucking compacted as shit, by the way. It fucking sucks. Um, Sorry to hear that. But yeah, no, Four Roses. It's so whiskey is a, a wider class of liquor. So if I want to get more specific, Four Roses is a bourbon. Um, it's just different grain profiles, basically, for what derives the alcohol. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got this and some Elijah Craig, which uh, oh. I think I'll bring in some maybe next next podcast. Very good. I, I think that is a good idea. And for those that don't know, um, you know, uh, Four Roses Bourbon has been named uh, one of the icons of whiskey in America. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the award for Master Distiller, Master Blender mm-hmm. of the year 2020. So shout out to them. Shout out to that. Uh, what, what do you call it when they make whiskey? They're not a brewery, are they? They're a distillery. distillery? Yeah. Distillery. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I, I'm still learning about the, the ins and outs, the lexicon of the alcohol world. Mm. But I will say uh, it, it is nice and refreshing, pun intended, to hear you talk about some liqueurs yeah. for a change. Yeah, you got to gotta switch it up, man. Got to switch it up. And, um, I appreciate that. You know, beer yeah. is fantastic. But then, you know, after a long day of work, you know, a lot of physical work where you're both physically and mentally tired, you want something that won't weigh you down too much uh, mm. as a beer would, especially the kinds mm. of beers that I drink. Um, sure. So I wanted something just nice, easy to sip on. You know, no need to put down a large amount. Mm. And uh, it could take quite amount of uh, quite a bit of ice to you know uh, help hydrate me at the same time if that even happens. So you know, I, I always wondered about that. Like for me, whenever I do enjoy some fine liqueur, I I maybe put one ice cube in there. Sometimes sure. I just have no ice at all and just enjoy it sip by sip. Mm-hmm. And I guess a room temperature. But yeah, yeah. Your your preference is to kind of let the ice melt a little bit and kind of kind of get it like a little bit watered down so so it's well, easier to go down or no? because it's a cocktail i i ice it if i'm drinking um something as you just said where it's neat then yeah i'll typically take it straight with no Ooh. ice Ooh, i like it i mm-hmm. like it you know and uh some things you do have to have neat other things can get rather messy mm. and you know, since we are talking about Spotify, I might as well bring this up. Uh, uh, some of our listeners may know that uh, Joe Rogan has recently signed an exclusive deal to bring his Joe Rogan Experience podcast Shout out Joe on Rogan. Spotify. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Um, but, you know, whenever you sign this kind of an exclusive deal, uh, especially if you're somebody like Joe Rogan, who's known for very, you know, free thinking, quote unquote, opinions sometimes you may say things that just are incorrect could be fake news sometimes you may make some derogatory comments about people about certain groups as he often does as he often does and so you know in the in the right way in a joking manner he's a comedian after all so i don't mean he's he's being uh rude just for the sake of being rude or for getting followers and listeners he's Mm. he's a comedian He's, he's joking about things but it could rub people the wrong way so, so this is the interesting question that arises. Um, obviously, Joe Rogan has agreed to this huge, huge, probably biggest deal that Spotify has ever given up. What is um, that deal? What's the specifics of it? You know, uh, that is a great question. I think for that, we will have to look into the article that I have uh, saved off here. So this Ooh. article, of course, we got to come up with from... like a, a soundboard that like whenever you bring up an article, 
Like, do 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 article. Yes, yes. Can we do that? Can we work <laughs> on that? No, I'll, I'll look into that. Let, let's uh, make a note on that one. I'll look into how to do a, a digital soundboard. Okay, so this article that I found is from Vulture, and it's titled, Joe Rogan is Already a Headache for Spotify by Nicholas. Vulture? Yes. Vulture. Vulture. Yes. You're going to start off your first Spotify referenced article to be Vulture? Well, isn't it better than the Oxford Student <laughs> Journal? <laughs> you feel me? I think this is a step up. Well, you know, it's, it, it's a step up. Uh, uh, you know, it's between that and the Anteater Press. But, you know, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> zot, zot, man. Zot, zot for life. Um, so, okay. This is a, a multi-year distribution deal. Um, and it is by far the richest deal. And it's, in fact, so rich that the article that I pulled up here doesn't even mention the figure, but uh-huh. you can imagine it's somewhere in the, the millions. If sure. not, yeah, especially you know, if it's exclusive to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Probably tens of millions. And the interesting thing was, uh, from this news alone, Spotify stock soared for like a day oh, or two. Yeah. Well, cause Joe Rogan's podcast, if I remember correctly, is the number one most listened to podcast in the world. I think so. I think it is. Um, and on Spotify specifically, I think before he signed the deal, he was followed closely behind by Joe Budden. So there's something with the name Joe, right? Mm. You got the Joe Rogan experience. You got the Joe Budden podcast. Seems to be very popular. Yeah, if one got, of our you names. Any, you got any friends named Joe? Uh, Joe, you know, uh, maybe in elementary school. I might have to. We're going to have to re- reconnect on Zanga. <laughs> Zanga days and see if he's still in my top eight for MySpace, Joe. You know? It's been a while. It's been a while for sure. But but you know, oh, one thing that I one thing that I do want to bring up specifically about Joe Rogan, do you think, um, given that he's in this position of power, obviously he is the head of his podcast, sure. signed his monster deal. Sure. Do you think now he has more responsibility to kind of filter what he says? And if he does let something slip, like for instance, he said something, he reported some fake news. Uh, when he was talking with some guy, Douglas Murray, who's the conservative British political commentator. Surprisingly, I don't know of this guy. <laughs> British political commentator that I don't sure. know. But, um, you know, he reported some was it on fake Vulture? news. Uh, yeah, it's on the Vulture article. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so what I, what I want to ask of you is, do you think it's incumbent on Joe Rogan to periodically make these apologies if he does mess up on the podcast? No. I don't think so. I think, I mean, it's it's ultimately going to come down to the terms of the contract. But exactly. if we kind of subside that and speak from, you know, our heart of hearts about the issue, which we'll normally do and mm-hmm. we'll probably always do moving forward. Um, I think Spotify signed him because he was unfiltered and raw and made things comedic in a broader sense uh this mm. just came about i assume because of the fact that he's made a move that is shaking the industry uh, the industry that nobody really believed in i mean you and right. i didn't believe in the podcast industry and by golly we're here now um, <laughs> we're here we're on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'm sure you and i are also going to likely want to continue taking an unfiltered approach um I can i hate... just say something What's can that? i just say something it'd be just really funny i want you to continue but it'd be really funny if like we also had a twitter account 
where whenever I got something wrong, people would like fact check us and I'd be forced to issue a public apology. Like pretty much on, on Tuesday night before yeah, the night yeah, of the yeah. podcast, I'd be like, you know, I'm sorry guys, I messed up on these seven things. I'll try, just, I'll try to be better I'll tomorrow. Try, I'll try to be better, but I'll, I'll do that every week. Like I'll just like apologize for Yeah, me. it's going to be like just copy and paste on one of your, what is it, those cues that you have, those sticky notes on your desktop. You know, it'll just be a standard message. Like, I'm sorry. You just got to change like, right. the number and the That's date. That's right. You know. There you go. There you go. But but so continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. And I think, you know, just like us, I don't think we're going to filter ourselves for the sake of money. I think in a broader sense, Joe Rogan says the things he says because he believes in it and it truly does. Um, mm. And I feel like even though he may be spewing misinformation, to him, it may be the best information he has at that point in time. So in hindsight, maybe he'll realize that maybe something else came up or his view has been skewed. But to apologize for something where he's not forcing people to listen to him, not forcing people to digest whatever he says, it's, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's not a Four Roses taste, you know? It's like a, a fucking fertilized soil kind of taste uh, uh, which i'm sure you've been eating over the weekend you know dude hey it's nutritious <laughs> as fuck man this is oh, i'm sure you know you want to have a solid yeah. diet where you're gonna be shitting out diarrhea and vomiting every now and then right there fertilizer <laughs> and soil that's the way to do it i was um, gonna say there's probably plenty of fiber in there but maybe not <laughs> maybe just laxative it's well just... <laughs> you know when you, you form that slip and slide with all that bacteria you know uh, all right all right let's backtrack fiber. let's backtrack this yes, it's like okay. a raft <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh see this is the kind of toilet humor you'll only get uh from the socal dna but but actually no you won't yeah. I, we will try hard not to give you this kind of humor uh, yeah, i'll, I'll give it every week um oh, but no dude i mean yeah I, I don't think he should apologize for it uh he's i i listen to joe rogan not as religiously as i used to uh given mm-hmm. you know my new responsibilities in life and my new sure. job sure but he always you know, makes a disclaimer when he says things that he knows are pushing the boundaries. They're like, hey, I'm a comedian. I'm trying to make people laugh. What I say shouldn't be taken so seriously. Um, I'm just a normal guy having a conversation. That's what he says. And that's what I like about him. He's not trying to be what he's not. He is being a genuine, curious individual, asking experts often in the field, uh, with every podcast, right? He brings in an expert of something or some sort of high-profile character or sometimes low-profile character that he believes should be notorious for something in a good way. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you, but this also brings up bigger questions. Like, does do media people, and I consider Joe Rogan a media personality now. Because oh, so are we, both, by the way. <laughs> I guess so, and it feels good to say that. <laughs> Although our, our media, uh, you know, audience is probably like a fraction like 0.1 percent. it still counts it's still counts. <laughs> and shout out to all seven subscribers Hell on yeah. youtube Hell you yeah. know we're talking about you that's right yeah, you yeah. and only you we're talking yeah. about you and uh we hope that all of you at least some of you also follow us on spotify because that seems to be our we'll need our it. uh yeah <laughs> we you know it's desperate but uh we we do need every single follower that we can get we're rocking two right now we have a solid two uh we won't tell you who those two are but yeah, but know that yeah. 
you know, you hear them quite often on the podcast. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, with Joe Rogan, I, I think it's interesting because he is a media personality. And I think in this climate that we're in, in this political climate, this social climate, maybe it's more important to report the truth and at least comment on the truth rather than perpetuate some falsehoods right because that can be dangerous yeah you know yeah no and i i i agree um but given that he pumps out podcasts what seems to be on a daily basis and these are Mm. long form podcasts by the way they're not yes i'm I'm glad you mentioned this i'm (laughs) glad you mentioned this because if this was something that's more like the socal dna about an hour right i think it's more manageable you can really be clean like the uh the drinks that i sometimes prefer but if you're like uh sometimes rarely if you're like joe rogan though uh you're going for two three maybe four hours i don't even know how long this guy goes for it's like it's just like doing live commentary for a basketball game sometimes you're just kind of reacting and you're in the moment and you're not filtered like you said he's known for that he is Mm -hmm. a comedian he gives you his raw uncut opinion Mm -hmm. but i wonder if signing this deal and as you mentioned there may be some things in the contract that talk about maybe not doing stuff like this Mm -hmm. not saying any kind of fake news Mm -hmm. but i wonder if this is just the next step for him like now that he's made it to this level quote unquote sold out i think he does have to be a little bit more buttoned up so you may not have the same kind of unfiltered joe rogan that everyone's used to it'll just be more like this hey and i mean if that's the case i don't blame him Hell, you pay me a multi-million dollar contract to talk into a microphone for three hours a day sure. uh, for maybe four of the seven days of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sign me up. I'll say, what, I'll say whatever you want. You know? Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> but You know, I, I, I gotta say, this is a hard transition, but have you ever thought about voice acting? I just, yeah, I try it all the time, man. I, I listen to the TV on mute just so I could practice. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Man, I, I do that sometimes when I listen to these uh, basketball games and, and, like, the players are being interviewed sure, after. Sure. I just mute it. And, and if I have, like, you know, friends over or something, I say something like, uh, oh, you know, both teams played hard. It was a hell of a game. It was really difficult. But, you know, coach believed in us, gave us that speech during halftime, and we uh, led the charge. And you know, it's like oh, a commercial, oh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, I, I just got to say, I, I know we're doing the podcast now, but if at a later point, you know, we ever get an opportunity to do some voice acting, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I don't I know how so. you get about doing it, though. Like, do you know anybody in your in your greater social circle I have, that has experience? I have yeah. a couple buddies yeah. that actually do voice acting. Oh, wow. Not a couple. Sorry. I have I have two. Yeah, that okay. is a couple. That is a couple. Wow, good um, But I'm not yeah. close to them. <laughs> ah, I work uh, in finance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, ladies and gentlemen. He, he's running the books for the world. And, uh, he had to figure out just now that a couple meant two. No, well, because um, like I was counting. The thing is, I'm not close to him. Okay. Like one of them is an ex-boyfriend of a somewhat distant colleague. Sure, um, sure. And the other one was... Actually, I'm trying to remember if this person lived in Mesa Court or I just worked with him at Mesa Court. Um, but he went the whole route of, you know, working at Disneyland and now voice acting for Disney. Tell me this, stuff. though. These two people, when you remember them in your face to face interactions sure. with them, did their vocal cords, did their voices sound unique? Did they have something special about their delivery? Nope. 
they seemed like normal everyday talkers if anything they were they were a little more eloquent with their speech um in regards to like their vocabulary and the melodies they would speak with right they had a certain cadence where if that cadence were to slow down you could tell it was a little more exciting a little more suspenseful but when they were speaking a lot louder you could tell they were trying to tell a joke and be really happy about things and i mean i can't do it i didn't do it justice there but i'm sure you guys get the idea uh, oh, you, that, that's what you were doing? I, I had no idea. Oh, so ladies and gentlemen, Don was actually trying to do his best take for voiceover. And, and clearly he has no future in voiceover. Sign me up, Disney. I'm ready. Sign me He's up. ready? Three hours. I'll, multi-million dollars. I will do it. <laughs> Finding Nemo Part 4 featuring the Hell D. Yeah. yeah, it'll be Donnie, not Dory. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, you know, but you know, vo- voice acting. I know part of it is about just reading scripts for hours yeah. and hours and yeah. hours, and you have to do the same take over and over oh, again. Yeah. Yeah. And it also hey, makes you know what me, we should do. Yeah. Yes, we should probably file our own way of like being that like Google Maps voice. Oh, like, can we? Yo, turn Dude, left. Can we? Yeah. Yo, hey, turn quick, hey, right? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey you, you fucked up. Go back. Go back. You turn. You turn. Next. Ah, oh, you missed this one too. Go to the next one. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Second Street works. You got it. Oh shit. You know, let, let's look into that too. Yeah, I, I want to see if there's a way to like, uh, you know, capture our our vocal signature, and and use it for different things. And you know what? As a matter of fact, um, beyond the Google Maps, <laughs> we can actually use our our speech to do a lot of different things, like unlock computers. We can unlock, you know, accounts, right? Mm. Like say say you have a, you know, you know how there's like the OK Google or sure, sure, sure. you know Alexa or whatnot, right? Yeah. You can actually create your own catchphrase and train it like many, many times. So it can be used only for your voice signature okay. to unlock like a, you know, a secret account or whatever. Um, but hey, extension ooh. for that, extension for that would be, you know, going back to our previous idea, capturing our voice signature with sound bites and maybe using them in kind of like a sound board along mm. with all the sound effects right so you got your sound effects for talking about art of war for talking about spotlight sip reading an article and then we kind of have these like sound bites that were really popular in the podcast right like say you had said something like chocolate right <laughs> <laughs> sip one sip one there you go so we'll, we'll look into those things for sure and of course having a google maps voice with the d riding shotgun i mean what what better way to navigate the streets of la compton or irvine than having the d riding shotgun yeah, it purposely be late to be like oh yeah my bad should have turned right uh, about a mile ago you know it's all good there's a gas station like... coming up there's a gas station coming up <laughs> you know what you do like if i'm using you as the voice signature for google maps say i'm like going from let's say irvine to torrance you'll just be randomly like pointing out things oh yeah i've been there once food wasn't that great and i'll be like what wait what, what, what is he talking about yeah not not a, not a fan of that park over there too many rats yeah it'll be like our own like map too so it won't even be accurate dude you'll be like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. in the desert somewhere it's, you know it's like it's like the map that's given to us to kind of like describe things it's like with crayola it's just crayon it's just like very vague like north south yeah. east west that's it. <laughs> But yeah, you it know, doesn't even you outline know. the route, dude. It's just an arrow. Like, <laughs> general direction. Arrow. <laughs> I mean, there's mountains in the way, but we just, you know, strike right through. Just cut right through the mountains. 
but you know, a lot of times with this voice acting, like I said, you, you are reading um, some script, but you have people that write these scripts too. And you oftentimes wonder what kind of talent it takes to be a writer. Mm. And let's actually transition to something a little bit more musical, if you Ooh. will. Um, lyricism is a big part of music. And I would say, especially hip hop music, because more so than any other genre, the the words per minute are, are much, much higher sure. in, in hip hop, at least in the hip hop that I listen to. As Don would say, the 90s hip hop, maybe the uh, 2000s hip hop. Uh, fucking adapt, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a little bit. You know, I, I do dabble with some of the, the young uh, the young gunslingers out there, what, like Chance the Tyler the Heroes of the World. And Chance the Rapper, you know, I, I liked a few of his songs. Um, I can't say I'm a fan. Can't say I'm a fan. But, you know, I do appreciate, and you told me this before, the younger rappers, they come with this energy, this unique energy that is not really about, you know, lots of words and and sensical conversation or even intellectual thought. But it's more about energy to make you feel some type of way, to make you feel a vibe, to make you feel like, you know what, You you can go up and do something. Yeah. But all that aside... I bring up lyricism, I bring up how important lyricism can be in hip-hop music because did you know, Don, that a rapper that we all are very familiar with by the name of Lupe Fiasco recently said that he is a better lyricist than none other than the King Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) And in response, um, you guys may not know, but Kendrick is part of Top Dog Entertainment. That's his recording label. TDE. You already know. Lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of talented people on that label, huh? Yeah. You got Absol, mm-hmm. you got uh, you know Kendrick, you got J Rock, yeah, um, Justin Bieber, Justin oh. Bieber, Moonlights on the on the label yeah. from time to time. Yeah. Um, but so the head, the CEO of TDE, is Punch. This guy named Punch, and Kendrick oftentimes refers to Punch in his music. If you you know listen sharply enough, and so uh, Punch responded to this. Know, shot at Kendrick, this subtle shot at Kendrick, by just saying lol, lol, and everybody <laughs> knew what he was talking about. And that got me thinking. That got me thinking. Lupe Fiasco, you know, he, he's getting up there in age a little bit. He's not really releasing music um, on a regular basis. And I would argue that he's no longer relevant to today's music scene. Nobody's really checking for Lupe. Nobody's really looking for Lupe. But that gives us an opportunity to look back at his legacy. And I remember one of his best albums, probably the album he's most famous for, is none other than Food and Liquor. Remember that one? That was uh, not his first. Was it his first? No, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. It actually is his debut studio album. Okay, okay. It's his first studio album. And, and it was great because he had production from an assortment of mega producers, including the Neptunes, Kanye West, and of course, Mike Shinoda. And, uh, you know, it was just really, really... Uh, fresh at the time and there were multiple hits from it I mean I remember Kick Push probably being one of my favorite songs back in the day when I heard it and uh, you know he has features from Jay-Z features from Jill Scott overall it was a very you know great debut album Uh, maybe not at the same level personally for me as a Get Rich or Die Trying um, or even Kendrick's Good Kid Mad City but I thought by its own right it was fantastic and of course, Lupe has always been a little bit more 
conscious of the world we can say socially conscious and he definitely injects his opinion on his music and so it's normal to think of lupe as one of the better lyricists in hip-hop flash forward you got kendrick lamar as i mentioned good kid mad city you got the damn album which was arguably more on the poppy side but his most commercially successful release to date and prior to that to pimp a butterfly so i ask you don does lupe rank up there with kendrick when it comes to lyricism <clears throat> it's a tough question um If we're talking pure lyricism from a pure rap perspective, I don't think so. I mm. think the things that Kendrick rap about and the accolades and respect Kendrick has in the industry um, far surpass Lupe Fiasco. Now, when it comes to relatability, I think Lupe can contend with Kendrick because I feel that Kendrick... As great of a rapper as he is, if it's outside of his quote-unquote more pop-style, hit-style tracks, they're not as relatable compared mm -hmm. to Lupe's tracks uh, to the masses. So in that sense, because Lupe doesn't have such an uh, elevated repertoire of words to spit out and rap with it knocks it down a you know few pegs that more people can easily accept and understand so in that sense maybe he's on par when it comes to reach but when we're talking pure lyricism no not by a long shot interesting now I, I completely disagree that he's on par with regards to reach i think Lupe, even in his prime, uh, even paled in comparison to Kendrick's reach when he just started off with Dr. Mm. Dre. So the reach arg argument, I, I don't really see. Um, mm. I, I do understand mm. the lyricism argument in the same breath that, you know, was it Jay-Z that said, you know, uh, if lyrics were what sold, lyrically I'd be Talib Kweli. But, you know, after a while, I haven't been rapping like common sense, something along those lines. Basically, he was kind of dissing them both while also paying homage to them by saying lyrics alone can't sell or give you that reach. Yeah, that it's I've like you're before. being the uh, it's good to be like like in video games or like in NBA or 2K, right? It's dope if you're going to make a pure, what is it, glass cleaner? Something like oh, that. the rebounder? The yeah, rebounders? yeah, right. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, so you're going to get every board, but then you're going to fuck up everywhere else. Like, mm. uh, don't even try to bring it up court. Like, just just mm. go. Fuck it. Don't even play offense. Just just stay there in the key. You'll be fine. You know? Um, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Um, you know, I also look back at a different archetype, the lockdown defender. Sure. You know, you could shut down anybody in the world but you can't score a lick. You can't shoot a three if a life depended on it. Um, so and they always you know, give you like the fucked up animation too, where he looks all weird while I'm shooting. That's cool. Oh yeah, like basically the ball comes back down. Like yeah, as yeah. he's, you know what I mean? It's like all the way going behind his head. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a Lonzo just, ball shot almost, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Lonzo, <laughs> you know, the way, way to ruin my uh, enthusiasm for that segment. Um, 
as I digress back to Lupe Fiasco and food and liquor. And quite frankly, I I don't want to spend too much time on Lupe Fiasco either. But I will say, um, you know, you you probably found out some information about Lupe, what he's been up to lately. I think you wanted to tell me something about him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, something you don't know about Lupe that I know about um, as a more avid gamer than you are. um, He actually has entered tournaments for Street Fighter. Uh, which is an arcade game. Uh, I grew up with it. I'm sure Lupe grew up with it. That's why he still plays. Uh, sure. It's a 2D fighter where there's iconic characters. And to me, it's the most iconic fighting game. You know, right up there with like Mortal Kombat. And well, I think it's just between those two now. King of Fighters, maybe. Fatal Fury, if you have. Mm. Um, but he's competed in that. And I th- still think he does play on a semi-professional level or at least a high level. Um, But more importantly, what I wanted to mention was, for my freshman year, they actually had Lupe Fiasco come to UC Irvine. Oh wow, lucky, lucky you! Like, and this was when food when Kick and Push or Kick Push was uh, really hot. So he was still, you know, uh, a growing and budding superstar that he became for a short period of time. Um, But what I remember the most is it was. Between the main hall, or sorry, it was on East Pel- Peltison, uh, right between the parking lot behind the admin building and like that, I don't even know what they call it, that main center where there's uh, a Aldrich bunch of conference rooms. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but we were all there. We were having a good time. Uh and at the end, you know, when they're all like, oh, yeah, it was fun. Catch you next time. Da, da, da. Uh, he's like, all right, it was fun. You see Riverside. Oh. And I was like, mm. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm. That puts a sour taste in your mouth, man, mm-hmm, that aftertaste. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was like, mm, that was fun. That was fun. And then, like, everybody started booing. And he's like, oh, man, yeah, I'll catch you next time, UCR. And you're like, mm. oh. <laughs> he said it again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's what yeah, I want to mention. That's, uh, so after that, I never really cared for him. Wow, I'm I'm glad you shared this uh, harrowing tale yeah. about your experience watching Lupe Fiasco. Um, it was fun, you know. I, I I think is he a great performer live? Like, is he uh, is he pretty decent, or does he kind of like they skip bars? No, no, no. Well, he definitely skipped bars. I think he forgot his own lines every now and then. I think he was he high. Forgot his, his own lines. That's not good. Um, and they didn't give him too much room to work with uh, in regards to stage space. So I can't really say. I can't do it justice by saying yes or no. All good. All good. Um, of course, we know probably your best concert experience, which we won't get into this time. But uh, I, I, I hope those two do reunite again and come out with Watch the Throne Part 2. That would be fantastic. Definitely. Definitely the best um, concert experience, yeah. So now we did talk about Lupe probably for more than enough time for the rest of this podcast, but mm-hmm. Kendrick is someone who's remained kind of mysterious. He's always been a little mysterious, but especially in the last couple of years, ever since he dropped Damn, people thought that there would be another album coming. People actually thought that Damn was part of a duo sure. consisting of Damn as part one and Nation as part two. So together you get Damn Nation. But that turned out to be just rumors, fake news, as Joe Rogan likes to spread. And ultimately, we are left without a full uh, Kendrick Lamar album since Damn, which came out, I think, like 
got to be at least three, four years ago, right? It feels like it's been a minute, at least three years. Um, so my question to you is, do you think Kendrick is going to surprise us before 2020 ends with a new album? I don't think he's in a rush. Uh, it's up to him. I think what he's doing is he's probably adding some more tracks that he probably wants to you know pay homage to whether it be kobe or black panther or something of that sort you know revamping some of his verses to maybe fit some more current events um but you and i both know and i'm pretty sure 90 percent of the world will agree he's at the top he doesn't need a rush he doesn't need to throw out more albums his uh, discogra- discography. Am I saying that correctly? Discography. Discography. Uh, discography. You got it. You got it. Um, is already Hall of Fame status. So he's no. Probably... You don't think no. so? Okay. As really, a whole, you're, as a you're, whole, you're talking about three albums from a major label. Yeah. And I would argue that if I were to rank them personally for me, sure. his first one, Good Kid, Mad City, then the Damn album, and then that's uh, a pimp. Pimpa Butterfly, only because Interesting. although although Pimpa Butterfly was a, a work of art in its own right, I found that I I didn't I didn't want to listen to it over and over again like I did for Damn or exactly. like I did for See, Good Kid. It's, it's one of those things where the reach that I was talking about earlier it, it was dense. It was a hard listen. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but Pimpa Butterfly was actually taught as a course because it was there was that much material to digest in sure. very reputable institutions some ivy leagues even did it as a matter of fact they have done the same thing with Nas's illmatic so i agree i i, yeah. I think it is right. worth delving into to that level for um, sure. so that's why it's interesting that you place it last but it's for that reason it's 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 a hard listen but a worthwhile listen at the same time if you're willing to uh really study it it's not a something that you're gonna be banging your head to, you know. First listen, you're gonna be like, huh? huh? He, uh, let me fucking replay that shit. Uh, let me look this up on Genius really quick. And then even the Genius, I bet, has like essays on it, <laughs> bar for bar. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah, I'm sure. And, and to be honest with you, like you know how I am. Usually with the artists that I really appreciate, I will listen to their album over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah. And I'll even go on Genius and kind of read up on the lyrics and understand sure. all the references and everything. I I think I might have done that for a few of the tracks of um, his second album. Sure. Um, but I did that more often with like with Damn, only because I think if I enjoy the album sonically, it's more of a motivation for me to find out more. If that makes sense. Yeah, because you vibe with it, and it, it hits you on a different level where it's not just all mental. Like you're, you actually have physical, uh, like stimulus, stimuli, that yes. you know get you to move yes. with it, and that That's gets right. you on a whole different level. That's right, and and sometimes it's really about how you arrange the music. It's mm-hmm. about how you decide which tracks to keep in, which tracks to keep out. Another way of describing this is organization, and I bring up organization because lesson seven. <laughs> Oh, you are getting Dominic, good at these things, okay. man. I know, I know. I I was ready. I was ready to. Everybody, there, I, I, there's I, gonna come a day. I assume it'll happen next week, where his uh, segues are going to be rough. I know. They're yes. going to be. You know, rough. people know. 
keep people know. I, I, I tend to have my bad days and my good days, but today was a good day, I think. So, you know, we are, of course, reading Dominic Cummins' uh, The Ultimate Art Dominic. <laughs> Where did Dominic come from? Hey, uh, oh, it's the first time with uh, on Spotify, so I think you should uh, give him his real name. Okay, yeah, so, so you know, I, I joke around because he has a very interestingly spelled name, but his real name is a- Anthony, Anthony Cummins. So it's A-N-T-O-N-Y-C-U-M-M-I-N-S. And the book that he wrote that both Don and I purchased copies of from Amazon is called The Ultimate Art of War, a step-by-step illustrated guide to Sun Tzu's teachings. And for those longtime listeners, they know that we like to end our podcast, at least for the time being, with a unique lesson from The Ultimate Art of War that encompasses all of Sun Tzu's teachings. And we've been going through the five constant factors of war. Um, and just to recap for the audience very briefly, you know, the first of which was the way, and then you had heaven, earth, the commander, which we both liked. Um, and finally today, we close with the last of the five constant factors, which of course is organization. Mm. And so the ideogram is often translated as organization, discipline, routine, codes, laws, or even just way of. The original title of the art of war in Chinese uses the ideograms, you know, and you know, I can't, I can't really say those things. They're just symbols. They're just symbols, which together mean codes, matters, or ways of the military and soldiers. Here in the text, it refers to specifically systems of punishment, reward, and discipline within the ranks. Discipline means to take control of the following. Number one, organization. The army must be divided into appropriate parts. These parts must have a station and position and a detailed roster of tasks that is easy for all to understand. All soldiers must know where they should be, when they should be there, and what they should be doing. Equally, they must know where they should not go and which activities they should not involve themselves in. Chain of command. There should be a defined military hierarchy with established protocols. If there is an issue, each soldier must know who to inform, and those informed must know who to consult to get the issue resolved. Logistics. Supplies and equipment must flow reliably. Troops need food and equipment, so there should be a proper procedure for obtaining, looking after, and storing equipment and rations, and replacing them when necessary. And for all of you warmongers out there, here's a war tip for you. A military encampment has to be regulated, and the whole army must be aware of the correct protocol for all situations. Now, I found this to be very, very relevant to the workplace. Mm. Um, Like, just kind of going through the main three, um, you know, constituencies of discipline. Organization, obviously, in work, most of us specialize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, you do wear multiple hats, which can be a good thing, can be stressful at times, but you typically specialize into a role and you know who your boss is. You know, in some cases, if you have people that report to you, you know what you should delegate to them. And you also know what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for. All of those things are very important. Chain of command ties into that as well. And logistics, I read logistics and I just think supply chain. <laughs> I think of, you know, just just some just some stuff that I've been reading about. And, you know, it, it's so true how the way that Sun Tzu, especially in this lesson, the last of the five concept factors of war, the way that he talks about organization being a vital part of winning war, it's very true in business as well. I think the more um, 
the more clear and 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 I guess predictable structure that you have. I'm not saying have silos, but I'm just saying when you know what your role is and when you know who you can turn to for advice and who you're accountable to, I think it makes the whole cog, the whole machine, the cog in the machine, if you will, work smoothly. So what, what do you think, man? What do you think of this organization? Are you vibing with it? Yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I, you know, I'm expecting a cheat sheet, man. I want to know. Um, but no, I think at least if we take into account all of the five components, um, it's, it's, it goes a long way in saying that, or agreeing with the idea of KISS, you know, keep it simple, stupid, where this is common sense if you really dumb things down to its bare bones, um, Organization is the most boring of the five, I think, but it is also probably the biggest factor amongst the five. Because I, with, I would argue it's the most important. Well, then, yeah, I'm more right. You're more wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. No, yeah. I think it's it's. I can get where you're coming from. It, it, it forms the basis of everything. If you don't know what you're doing. And you don't know where things are, well then you're <laughs> fucked, basically. <laughs> right? Like it's as simple as I love that. that. I love but that that's so much. It's it's yes. really boring. It's it's like it's common sensey, which is fine, but it's like, duh, <laughs> like uh, you already told us about the Earth and all that. Now you got to tell us more about you know the other factors, the <laughs> the uh, non physical things. Uh, and yeah, when you brought up work, I was like, man, I don't want to be thinking about work right now, dude. I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Didn't mean to do that. I, I guess I was just trying to think of, because, um, you know, this whole book is not just meant to have you become the best Chinese general possible. Well, wait, what? What? Yeah, what? it's not. I'm sorry. You know, sorry, bro. Fuck, sorry. Dude, if you're already like on the way. more. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a long book. It is quite a doozy. Quite a doozy. It's the but... Pippa Butterfly. Motherfuck. <laughs> it's the Pippa Butterfly of Anthony Cummings' work. It's, it's the one that you go through once and never again. Never again. Goes into the attic with the rest of the CDs and albums and vinyl. Um, I have to say... Uh, so far, I mean, I think Sun Tzu is just spitting the truth, man. You yeah, know? yeah, and it makes um, it makes me believe, dude. With what I had said earlier, this was written such a long time ago that yeah. it had maybe it had such an impact that that's why it's so and, common and, you sensey know, to you us. Know, speaking of impact, I would like you to lessen the impact of your voice right now oh, and maybe oh. take a step back from All the right. mic. All right, I'm taking a step back. All right, very good. Sorry, I didn't mean to be that rude. God, I just God, thought, God, <laughs> just let you know. Just First you bring know. up work? God damn, and now this? Shit. Okay, may- maybe a few more step backs. For some reason, <laughs> you sound loud as fuck to me right now. I don't know why. But uh, I have no continue. idea. I'm hitting all yellow right now. So <laughs> Well, that's right. fine. Keep, keep it going. It's probably on mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, I think uh, with Sun Tzu uh, completing the last of the five concept factors, we finally know the main five things that are important to have before we go to war but of course there's much more there's plenty more we can delve into and we will at a later time but i for now i i do want to say again uh thank you to all of our longtime subscribers on youtube 
Mm -hmm. Uh, It has been quite the journey. Um, You know, we appreciate you sticking with us. And I know this is entertainment, right? Everybody has busy lives. Everybody has a ton of things that they're juggling every day, a ton of things that that they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. But we just hope, whenever you do tune in, that we can be a little bit of comedy for you, maybe a little bit of uh, philosophy. Um, How else would you describe what we talk about, Don? What do you think are our main main points of speech are well i think we have three main buckets that we hit sure. uh we hit basketball a beloved sport of ours we yes. for sure maybe in a different life uh or maybe this life if we make it wish we were basketball analysts full-time wish, oh we would love that yeah. we would love that so much you know yeah um, absolutely so we're going to be talking a lot about basketball and it's reason why uh our icon has purple and gold you know we are diehard Laker fans. Arjun, not so much. Me, definitely. Um, oh, come on! Let's I mean, not yeah, spread do, lies. Hey, do I come need? On. A, do I need to show that Clipper game picture that you had a couple years back? Yeah, you know, you had a little little Clipper fan going on right there. Oh, that's actually yeah. true. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. We got a little bit of time. <laughs> so no, that's not. surprising. No, 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 I'll tell you. I, I didn't expect that today. I just got to say, I'd expect the D to bring up some old receipts today. But if he's going to bring up receipts, I can explain. Uh, so, so years ago, uh, a buddy of mine was visiting the L.A. area. Sure. And uh, we thought, you know what? We might as well go check out a, a game, oh, yeah. a Clipper yeah. game. Okay. Okay. And we were actually, so this was actually a Clipper game, mind you. Okay. Okay. Um, so my buddy, he didn't have any Clippers gear, uh, and you're probably wondering, and you did? What the hell? Like yeah. you had Clippers mm-hmm. gear? It's because I was a fan of Blake Griffin. Um, oh, I oh, okay. I was okay. uh, because it was like his rookie year, like the year after that or something. Sure. And um, I was like, man, this guy's really really cool. Let me see if I can get like his jersey on the cheap. Because here's the thing that actually saves my face here. It's not that I have Clippers gear. I just collected jerseys of my favorite players. Sure. I have Baron Davis jerseys from the Warriors, from sure. the Knicks, from the Cavs even. Um, and, you know, I have, uh, of course, Kobe Bryant. I had a LeBron James jersey back when he was on the Cavs for the first time. And so for me, I wanted to get a Blake Griffin, and I found this really cool-looking, uh, it was like an alternate uniform, you know, mm-hmm. with like the black color, um, red and blue, not really all white that mm-hmm. you're used to. And so that's why I was rocking it, because I knew I had a Lakers, you know, Kobe jersey as well. But I knew my buddy was going to be wearing his because he only had the one. Sure. So I was like, you know what? This makes sense. We're going to a Clipper game. Might as well rock this one. Where sure. else would I wear this? I, I can't get caught seen with this at a non-Clipper game, yeah, right? Because yeah. that'd be blasphemous. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could argue I shouldn't have put that as my profile picture back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're not the first one to mention this. Yeah. I think other people mm-hmm. were like, dude, how could you? I'm like, what yeah. do you mean, how could mm-hmm. you? Like, your picture. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it was, I don't know, the hat? Are you talking about the hat? Like, no, the jersey. Why are you wearing a Blake Griffin mm-hmm. jersey? But in any case, um, I don't regret it. I just think uh, it felt appropriate at the time. Sometimes, like Joe Rogan, you deal with the information that's present. <laughs> and you may not know the updated story. You may not know what the full... What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you'll get a lot of uh, excuses. Uh, from both parties. Okay, I won't. No, mostly for me. <laughs> mostly for me. To be honest, you'll notice I, I tend to like, uh, uh, kind of like wrestle my way yeah, out of a hole yeah, yeah. and, and uh, try to cover up the hole as quickly yeah. as and, possible. Uh, I'll be too dirt. drunk to uh, try to do anything about it. So just, you know, <laughs> he lets point, it happen. Be like whatever. Okay. Um, uh, second point or second bucket is yes. definitely going to be 
with I'm blanking. I'd say music, right? Yeah, I'd say music. It's a tie-up. It it really depends, right? It's a third bucket. Uh, Music, we're really into a lot. I am more overarching in theme. Uh, I dabble in multiple genres. Uh, but the one genre that I dive more heavily into than others is hip-hop and rap, which is what mm. Arjun is into. Though he is stuck in a decade of music, I try to pull him out, um, listen to you know the goats of our time right Don't now. Don't say it. Don't say uh, the goats of our time. No, I, I can't. His name is uh, it's like Voldemort right now. It's, it's a little pointless, <laughs> so I'm not going to even say it. But I, and, I, I will say, um, you know, I appreciate Don exposing me to new music but beyond that uh, i i act, i'm actually really into alternative rock as well i know we don't talk about this too much yeah you just got into the freaking red hot chili peppers like not too long ago man yeah like, <laughs> like literally no to be honest i i literally got into them and this is weird to say because they've been around for like, yeah. decades, like longer than i was born i heard their hits before don't get me wrong it's impossible to avoid their hits but i really started listening you know album by album about i want to say two years ago Sure. starting from like 1984 and i'm so slow don knows how slow i am yeah this, is, this and, was and, part of his cue as of what maybe high school uh no 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 i i added like all the albums to my queue about two years ago and just started slowly okay. working my okay. way through it but dude the way i process this the way i digest the red hot chili peppers music i play every album multiple times for sure maybe not the earlier ones which were more heavy with like the sure. funk rock and funk rap which sounded awful to me I know that's blasphemous to say, but for me, I didn't like it at all. When I think it was uh, Mother's Milk in, in 1989 or 1990, that's when things started really looking up. I was like, okay, wow, they got some hits here. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Blood, Sugar, Sex, and Magic with Under the Bridge. I mean, how can you forget that ballad? Probably the one single that put them over the top. And then, of course, Californication. You got By the Way. Um, right now, I'm listening to uh i'm with you the album from 2011 so i'm about nine years behind now i'm working my way through my queue but the the greater point i'm trying to make is with alternative rock i have a very select handful of artists that i really really like and i delve into those so if you don ever want to have a conversation about either the black keys um red hot chili peppers or phoenix okay i think we can definitely get into those and have a yeah in in depth conversation so for me i wouldn't call myself as overarching as the d but i do have multiple genres that i dabble into and all of course i'm also interested in like older music as well like maybe jazz from the 50s 60s uh some funk some disco from the 70s 80s primarily because from time to time you know we do the podcast now but don and i people may not know we used to be official rappers and producers and we still dabble a little still bit don are, is working are. on some new music right now as we speak <laughs> uh you know working in quotes a little bit <laughs> but um you know because we sample music it is important for me at least to listen to a lot of the oldies and goodies because you never know what instrumental what riff what vocal you might like and you might want to turn into something completely different sure. so i i appreciate that don shares my passion for hip-hop music in particular because i think we have very diverse opinion i mean you heard his points about lupe uh you heard mine about kendrick and lupe um and this will continue we have different top fives we have you know different opinions about who's the goat who's not um you know and uh so i would say for sure music is up there but the third bucket 
Don, what, what would you say is the third bucket that our audience can get used to over time? I'd say it's current events. Current events is, tends to be the trend nowadays. I say it's more on the political side more often than not. Um, it deals with our own applications of what's going on and applying some philosophies that we've learned in life or are still learning um, to what's going on in the world. Uh, I think it's, it's an interesting take that we have. Uh, I think it's a very unique take that you won't get on places like The Vulture or whatever you were on or uh, Oxford Pre- What was the other? The school one? It, it was, was the probably... Oxford Student oh, Journal. Sorry, sorry. Okay. sorry. I apologize. 45th edition. Apologize. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's, it's definitely something else. Um, and yeah, sadly, to many, I must say, uh, we will be dabbling into some British politics for whatever reason. Why you gotta say sadly? Though? Like, <laughs> golly, I mean, you know how much I love talking about uh, uh, some Boris Johnson, uh, some Jacob yeah. Rees-Mogg, some some Nigel Farage, these colorful characters across the pond. Nice. But you gotta start off with sadly. You huh. know, man, I'm just saying, like, nobody gives a damn. I, I <laughs> there, you said it, not me. I'm trying to be I nice said, here. I said, it, I said. It. <laughs> but you never know. I, I I may get one or two references out there. I always do. Right. I always tend to. Yeah, Big Dick Boris Johnson. I, I, I'll give him that, man. That dude, <laughs> ever since uh, Arjun go. introduced me to him, he has been <laughs> nothing but a very hilarious, charismatic right? leader, I'd say. I think so. I think so. I mean, obviously, it's it's all just fun and games from across absolutely. the pond. It's not like we have uh, vested stakes in what's happening over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, beyond those three buckets, we have some random things coming up. Uh, like Arjun said, we are part-time hip-hop artists uh, that aren't signed to a label, <laughs> except the SoCal DNA. There you so go. So we're producing music as it comes. We both work full-time jobs, um, and we are full-time professionals at that, where you know sometimes we just can't get to the, the true loves of our life um, and the true passions of our life, but we do what we can with the limited amount of time that we have, and we hope that you know this podcast if you're listening can shed light on that passion of ours and you know let you listen to something a little bit different than what's already out there and and maybe it could also inspire you a lot of times when you see two blokes uh there i am using british slang again but two (laughs) blokes uh just kind of having a good time talking about anything right just shooting the breeze yeah. making time to do this on a regular basis so hopefully it inspires some of you to make the time for your passions make the time for go. your loves oh, and one. uh you know may- maybe uh this is a jumping off point maybe you guys will have your own podcast and we would love to tune in by all means if, if you know don's friends are are, are doing any podcasts the, the few friends <laughs> that don has that listen to the podcast if they want to chime in you know, that'll be fantastic. As a matter of fact, Don, I think later on we may have to bring in uh, some surprise guests every now and so. then just I to kind of so. keep everyone on their toes. That yeah. might be fun. Might be fun. Yeah. But we have we have plenty more surprises and plenty more entertaining Wednesdays coming your way. And again, from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you for joining us on this journey. Um, we hope to continue it for both our enjoyment, our betterment as individuals, and also for your enjoyment. And uh, until next time, my friends... Stay frosty.